The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. Now it's time to talk about everything dogs, cats, and other domestic animals. This is Animal Talk. Here's Dr. Dan Lang on the Big 550 KTRS. Hello and welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS with Dr. Dan Lang here with me. I'm Connor McCarthy on this February 4th, although it's it's really nice outside for February, I think. Uh, I know I'm seeing 56 degrees, but that, it felt felt nicer than that, Dr. Lang. How are you this morning, or I'm, afternoon, rather? I'm doing good. I, my, my story is that Susie, my wife, has been out of town visiting the grandkids so I am on my own taking care of the animals. Okay. And, of course, at home, I'm the husband, mm-hmm. not the veterinarian. So mm-hmm. if anything goes wrong, I'm in big trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. But things uh, have gone very smoothly. Well, that's good to hear. And the weather's been good. That's so good to hear. Everybody's uh, happy. All the animals back home happy with the, the warmer weather. Oh, uh, yeah. They love it. They get to get out a little bit. Uh, the peacocks, uh, I hope, are doing well. Uh, the males are starting to get all their feathers because mating season is right around mm-hmm. the corner. So they're uh, getting I'll, all prettied up. You'll have to update. You, you, know, you said you've still never gotten, uh, you still, you've never gotten a peacock <laughs> egg uh, this to, will to be hatch, the, this right? Will be so this year. will be the year, right? So we'll need to get some updates on that. We got some stuff uh, we got planned to talk about, but we actually had someone uh, call in a little bit before the show started. Uh, go ahead, uh, caller. You're on line one. Dean. Yeah, hey, I got a question. My daughter has chickens, <laughs> and they get they get frostbite on the – she told me the, the comb and the waddle, I guess it is. Yep. And what can she do for that? Do you know if she has a heat lamp or anything like that, Dean, in the in the chicken house? I think she's got something like that. Yeah, but they still get it. All I can do is, is just keep, you know keep it as warm as possible. Sometimes, if the tissue is really bad, you know they can get a veterinarian in to remove the dead tissue. But uh, I've never heard of any infections or anything serious going on. So I just think well, they're pretty durable. They're pretty durable yep. out there in the. Okay. What about also? What about my dog got into some Dr Pepper? <laughs> Dr Pepper. I know it sounds weird. It's but how much can he drink? Is it is it okay if he drinks, uh, you know, like like a bowl full or something? Or there might be a little caffeine in there, so you maybe have to look out for high energy. But um, other than that, I think we're safe. Better the Dr Pepper than the alcohol. So you have my All blessing, right. Dean. All right, thanks, sir. Have we'll a good one. See you in a couple of days. All right, see you later. Bye. All right, thanks for calling in, Dean. Uh, yeah, uh, if you want to call in, 314-931-5877 is the phone number. 84126 is the text line. We're taking texts as well, I'll show. Uh, it might not matter as much now because it's warmer, but we you talked a bit about when it was colder, how your animals kind of just they manage out there. You know, you put out a little bit for them, cover it up, you know, so the wind's not on them, yep. and they're mostly fine. Yep. Uh, it's interesting how much more resilient they are than we are because I feel like we can spend 10 minutes out there and uh, be uncomfortable. We need to come back in. Of course, they can't complain like you and I do, or I do myself. Mm. So sometimes it can be a little trickier. But I, I just think they're tolerant. They're just animals are like, what, whatever happens, happens. You just deal with it, yeah. which is kind of a nice attitude to, to have. But if you do the basics, keep them out of the wind and... Maybe they get a little extra food because their metabolism is going to speed up a little bit with the colder weather. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, speaking of not complaining, I was maybe going to get to this later, but I thought since you 
brought it up now. Uh, I was going to say, I was watching some cats again uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, and the, whenever I was over there, one of the cats kept meowing very loudly from wherever it was, yelling, I would say, uh, and I couldn't figure out what it wanted. Uh, I had, you know, filled up the food and the water yep. and did the litter box thing. And it was just, you know, kept yelling at me. I did. I couldn't figure out what it was. I mean, what what are you supposed to do with that? Is that just a thing cats do? Was it just bored? Was it trying to bug me? Yeah. Uh, what was going on there? Sometimes they just want attention. You know, if all their other needs, if the litter box is clean and they've had their food and water, mm-hmm. unless there's some extra treat or something that they get that maybe you weren't aware of oh, okay. or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, you probably don't, of course, you don't have the same routine as the owners do. And, you know, if you don't do the same gal darn routine, you're in big trouble. Well, and what was so. frustrating was that it would yell at me, and I went over to check, and it's just sitting there in the bed uh, just meowing and yelling at me. I thought maybe there was something wrong. It had gotten trapped or stuck or something. No, it was just sitting there calmly just yelling at me that I I must have done something wrong, some kind of transgression that I had no idea about. I just don't think you're... You've spent enough attention. You know, maybe the owners spend a lot more time, or they okay. have cuddle time a certain time of day, and you just weren't. And I wasn't there. It. I wasn't able so, to cuddle. So and... next time, if you babysit for an animal, you need to get the full schedule. I need, I need to know exactly <laughs> what they do, what they like to do. That that's right. Uh, all right, this is Animal Talk on the Big Five Fifty. We're talking all things dogs, cats, smaller pets, smaller animals, pocket today. pets. And uh, ferrets are on on the agenda yesterday, or last week, rather, sorry. You talked about rabbits. We talked about rabbits. Yep. Uh, had a decent response to the rabbit the rabbit conversation. I think we had people, a few people saying that they had had rabbits. A little surprising to me. I think I'll be more surprised if we get more people saying that they have had ferrets this week. But maybe you can prove me wrong. Uh, ferrets, they're more popular now than they have ever been, right? Well, I know the 90s, because I really saw a lot of them, I think they may have been a little bit more popular then, but I still think there's a lot of ferret owners. But I couldn't find any recent information exactly what the what the population is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're so cute. It's like my favorite, the French Bulldog. They're so cute that that draws a lot of people's attention. Now, like the French Bulldog, do you get a lot of problems with them? Is that in the same vein? Mm-hmm. They do, and there's a few other things we can talk. Well, actually, I'll just spoil the whole thing. They have a very musky odor. Oh, sure. And okay. so I, my analogy is like you and I go into the zoo when it's 100 degrees outside in a oh. hot, humid summer day, and we've thought generally in the past that if you descent them, they have anal glands like dogs and cats, but a couple times I have dissected them out, and I inadvertently hit the sack. And this pungent smell, I mean, this, the liquid didn't hit me. It was just, oh, my gosh, it's just really odoriferous. Mm. But it turns out that they have kind of oil glands or sebaceous glands that release the odor. And so descending doesn't really take care of it. If you spay or neuter them, it does reduce the odor. But the bottom line is that they are a little bit of musky smelling. And, you know, if you don't like that. So probably, that's the biggest downside. That, that's probably the main main thing. Mm-hmm. And we can go into detail a little bit later, but the other thing is that they can get certain kinds of cancer at three to four years of age. They live five to ten years, but relatively young, and there's certain cancers they get, and um, that's kind of a bummer because it can be a fairly difficult treatment to to do for this type mm-hmm. of type of thing. And so that was kind of the main. Main thing, and then I'm trying to think. I made a note. There was three different things. That, I kind of uh, always view them as 
they're like rats to me. Uh, they're similar. Kind of small, slinky kind yep. of animals, right? Is that fair to say? That... I think that's a good good description. Mm-hmm. You know, they um, – oh, the other thing I was going to think before I forget again is that if you have kids six years of age or younger, the literature I've read, that they're, that's probably not a good pet to, to have. Because mm-hmm. I think just, again, the, the uh, kids' behavior or antics – Kind of makes some ferrets nervous, and they they may bite. I mean, overall, right. the ones I saw at the clinic were really, really good. I hardly ever had a problem with the bite, but probably very young kids, it's not a good good You're thing to have. You're going to do some research. Why is it? Uh, why are dogs and cats better for these kids than other animals? Right? Uh, or are they also bad? People just do it anyway. Uh, what's the deal there? Yeah, that's a good question. I yeah. I don't know. Need to um, do a little homework. Yep. Uh, for next. I week. haven't finished the article completely, so <laughs> we'll add something more on there. But uh, again, the the medical part of the things. But overall, I think they're very good pets. Uh, I have had people come in thinking their ferret had died. They sleep fifteen to sixteen hours a day, and when they sleep, they sleep hard. And some people have gone over to the ferret. And they couldn't see breathing. They kind of poke it. They would say its name, and the, and the ferret wouldn't respond. Well, they're so deep in sleep, they just oh. don't. I, the articles I've read say that because they have such a high metabolism, when they are very, very active, they kind of have to go into a deep sleep to make Almost up for like all that Almost like a hibernation energy. kind of I thing. I think that's a, yep, excellent. You're getting the right words there, Connor. Yeah. And so, but anyway, some have come in, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with my ferret that I can't wake it up. And uh, there is one disease that could mimic that. But for the most part, it's just the deep sleep that they have, and it kind of freaks. So I just wanted to let potential ferret owners know that when they go into a sleep, they really mean it. Mm-hmm. And so don't be upset or panic when, when they don't wake up right away. So ferrets were common enough for you to see them at the animal hospital. Yes. It, uh, it, over time, you you know, it's not a rare animal. Or, you know, I oh, I haven't seen one in years and years. Uh, I'd say pretty they're, consistent. They're next to dogs and cats. They're pretty close to being the most popular really? that we'd see at the animal hospital. Maybe it's because they do have a few more medical issues than some of the other pocket pets. But mm-hmm. but there, there's something we saw see pretty commonly. Uh, now, the difference between having a ferret and having a guinea pig or a hamster or one of the other pocket pets, what, what, are, what, what is the difference there? Well, part of it is I, I think that they just have a lot more personality and they will play. They'll steal objects. They'll try to steal their, your keys mm-hmm. and little things like that and put it in their little bedding. And I've had a lot of people can't find their keys when they're ready to go to work. Oh, because they stole them. And so I teased my little article <laughs> that I wrote up. Right, exactly. That if you can't find something, I would just blame it on the ferret. It's, right. it's not because yeah. of your memory or because of your age. It's because of the Galdarn ferret. You blame it on the pet regardless. Right. Exactly. Right? The dog did it. The ferret did it. It's always the, it's always the pet. But the problem is ferrets often will swallow certain objects. They like shiny pennies, mm. coins, that type of thing. And we did do a fair number of surgeries through the years to remove foreign bodies in the okay. stomach or intestines. So you have to be a little bit careful, especially the younger ones, one, two years of age, just like puppies and kittens. They're curious and put stuff in their mouth, and sometimes they swallow it. It goes down a little mm-hmm. bit farther, but they don't pass it. Uh, all right. We have a text here in the text line, a little bit of a change of subject, but they, I thought this was speaking of you know having a pet. Uh, the text from the 314 We've been feeding and made an outdoor shelter for a feral cat for three years. Cat is three years old. 
We did trap him and get him fixed as a kitten. This year, he's really gotten friendly with us. Is it possible he could become an indoor cat, or is that something that would never happen? I've had a fair number of pet owners that they're patient enough that they were able to get it in. And especially Mm -hmm. if it's spayed or neutered, they're probably less aggressive. Mm Mm-hmm. So. And it's been around them for a while. Does right. that help? Is that something that, you know, Food I imagine talks. it would, right? Yep. Um, is there something to consider? It, you know, it's lived its whole life outside, a lot of freedom, right? It can go wherever it wants, when it wants. Is there something to consider with that being of inside? Is there, is there a change there? Can it be stressful? Do they reject it sometimes? Yes, they're they're used to all that freedom, and all of a sudden they're kind of stuck, for lack of a better word, in, in the house. Um, so yes, that's that's a possibility, but uh, I think it's a very good possibility. I don't know where they feed it, or you know, would it ever come close enough that they could hand feed it or something like that, just mm-hmm. to socialize a little bit, yeah. bit more. And then if they did, then get it to the veterinarian to make sure it doesn't have leukemia or AIDS, feline AIDS, because I wouldn't want them to get attached to it. And it turns out that there may be something more ominous going on. And there's a good chance it may have intestinal parasites, and so mm-hmm. that needs to be checked out. But the question was, can it, can it come adjust? in? And I think there's a very good mm-hmm. good chance. Yeah, if if they do that, will they need to – well, obviously, they'll need to bring it in, maybe some shots, rabies shots maybe, yep. or do the are the programs that go out and try to give rabies shots to strays? Uh, Not really. I think they more just try to spay and neuter because – the rabies shots, the first time, if, if it's relatively young, it's only good for a year. Oh. And I, I know in the wild, for a lot of animals like raccoons and skunks, get rabies. You know, it's just not practical to vaccinate them all. And so they put uh, the vaccine, it's given orally in a bait of some sort. Okay. And so they've been able to vaccinate. So maybe, I don't know how easy that would be to be able to obtain. Um, but for the most part, they're just feral cats. And good thing, they're spayed and neutered probably no other care is uh, mm-hmm. given to them. Right. But do it. Do it. Uh, we have another text here from the 765. I don't know where that is. Uh, my cat Harvey drools a lot when I pet him. Is that normal? Do cats drool when they're happy? Also, any advice on how to cut his nails? Dr. Lang, do they drool when they're happy? I know dogs um, slobber a lot. Is that a thing with cats? A short answer, I don't think so. I, you know, Maybe it's paranoia, but I view a concern there's something in the mouth, a bad tooth, something of that mm-hmm. sort. Sometimes if you kind of smell the outer part of the mouth, if there's an odor, then that's more confirmation there's something going going on. But um, Or is it you know, having problems eating? A lot of times we don't pay close attention, but maybe watch the cat chew and just see. Sometimes they'll eat or chew, and then the food falls right out of their mouth because they hit a, a painful yeah. spot. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably have it looked at just to, just to make sure. Okay. And uh, trimming the nails. We've talked a little bit about this. I said what I used to do was get it, roll them up in a towel so they're kind of trapped. Yep. They can't move anywhere. Is that the official advice from the doctor? Or is there a more you know scientific way to go well, about this? Well, now the in thing, and rightfully so, for uh, anxiety purposes, sometimes we'll recommend giving a medication if it is a struggle to do the nails or a lot of times if you get peanut butter or cheese, you kind of paste it on a wall and you can get the animal licking at it. And as they're licking, then you go ahead and grab the feet and um, trim the nails. Okay. So I'd have no problem trying the good old burrito. But if they really struggle, then I would try to distract them with food or mm-hmm. that type of, type of thing. Or do you do just one or two nails and then give them some treats? And just, you know, there's no reason you have to do all uh, 18 of the five, let's see, 10. 18 of the uh, toes. Oh, yeah. How, so 
I, don't they? Don't certain cats have different amounts of toes? Like yep, there it's are even more. There are some, some cats that have yeah that have six toes or yep. six, even more than that. Yep. So you know that that would be a real uh, a raw deal if you had one with uh, six or seven toes, right? You well, my bad trimming. When some of these polydactyl cats come in, I was wondering, you know, should we charge more? Oh, for you, for them? Should think, we charge by nail from here on out, and not just by doing all four feet? Right, I think you charge by nail. I think you should charge okay. by nail. I'm, I'm going to make a note on that. I think you should charge by nail. How often do you think they need to trim the the cat's nails? Uh, well, if they if they use a scratching post, and that would be other thing. That's a good point. Um, they can keep the nails worn down pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if they have scratching posts, but scratching post off helps prevent destruction of the furniture and other things you don't want scratched, and it does help wear the nails down because it will take off the outer part mm-hmm. of the of the nail. Does so, that end up making it be once a month or? Usually it's once a month. Okay. Yeah. Well, you and know. You, and a lot of times you just have to get the point, the sharp points. You don't have to get it close to the quick or the blood supply. You just get the tips. Right. Well, that, you know, that's uh, that's not too bad once a month. That's not the worst. Uh, we have another text here. Uh, last weekend I took in a five-year-old Beagle Jack Russell mix. What are some tips to bond with them? I assume this was an adopted dog, five years old. Uh a little older, Dr. Lang, any tips to bond with the the later adoption uh, pet? I I just think, I mean, most of her kind of common sense, spend as much time. I know I have a dog, Louie, and, and just for a year now, we take a morning walk, and he is really bonded with me. He's ready for his walk every morning. This was a recent, a, uh, more recent uh, adoption after for After I you. retired, he, Louie was a little overweight. I needed to lose a little bit of poundage. And so we decided together to take a walk and get some exercise. And, again, animals like the routine stuff, and he just can't wait in the morning mm-hmm. to go for the walk. And so with this uh, new dog, I, I think exercise, walking together, take it to the park, I think that's a good way to bond with them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, food as usual, maybe give a couple extra treats. Just okay. hold them. You know, if the dog's, was it five years old? It said five years old. Yeah. So the kind Beagle of middle Jack age, Russell. you could probably put it in your lap and just cuddle with it, and mm-hmm. you know that helps a lot mm-hmm. as well. So uh, it's interesting that t- twice now it's you know they, they have animals have the routine too. Uh, I've never really thought about it. Uh, you know maybe they every evening when you go to watch TV they think now's the time to sit on the couch yep. and get pet, and yep. if you're not there, it throws them off a little bit. It uh, does. I mean humans for the most part we like our routines as well. And now we think it causes a lot of anxiety to animals, our dogs and cats, domestic pets, when you don't have that routine. I mean, mm-hmm. life gets in the way, but they expect to be fed in the morning or the evening or at least once a day. Expect that afternoon walk when you get home from work and you're dead tired. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's yeah, routine. Should, yeah, is very I guess important. we should keep the food routine, too, even though that you know they'll be begging you for food yep, hours just have before to they should them. be. Easier said than done. Uh, easier but, said than done, of course. Uh Another text here about the ferret. Instead of the song Blame It on the Rain, the song should be called Blame It on the Ferret. I, I guess, like it. Because the ferrets are always the ones stealing all the stuff. Uh, so and you can even blame it on the ferret even if you don't have one. I mean, I would be good with that. I you think you can. Don't. I think you can. I mean, you blame it on everything. Right? Right. That's, it's not your fault. It's the pet's fault. Uh, well, should we wrap uh, you know wrap up the ferret thing here? Is there anything more to, to talk about? Well, it's interesting because and I didn't. I was doing some reading this morning. This part I knew that ferrets are not allowed. They're illegal in California. They're illegal in Hawaii, New York City, Washington, D.C., and good old Columbia, Missouri does not allow really? ferrets. Okay. And, I should have known that from my time there, but I never, I never really wanted a ferret. A ferret. So, yeah. 
The interesting thing is I can kind of see it in a why because ferrets, if they get loose, they will often kill the wildlife or birds that are natural. And I think in a why they're concerned about that. Also, Hawaii does not have rabies. They don't have the disease. Really? The whole island? And ferrets can get rabies, and so it's very, very important that they're not allowed on the mainland, even though they, I recommend vaccinating them, but just to play it safe, they just don't allow it at all. Some places have outlawed it because they think ferrets bite and are aggressive. I definitely don't agree with that. In fact, there were some petitions in Columbia, Missouri, from some of the veterinarians that work there to try to get it legal to have because these veterinarians work with a lot of ferrets and you know we have minimal problems behavior wise mm. with them so but yeah, i mean that must be the reason for them right because clearly the other animals already can get rabies in columbia well that's Missouri. it why well, you know <laughs> right exactly and i mean dogs and dogs and cats bite i'd, they I'd bite, be more worried scratch, about some right? dogs that are nervous mm-hmm. coming into the clinic than i would would a ferret but anyway those are kind of the reasons why so you have to be kind of careful going back to the reasons not to have a ferret well if they don't allow, it's probably not a good idea to, mm-hmm. to get it. They also can get canine distemper, a virus that dogs do. And so we recommend a vaccine for rabies, as I just mentioned, and vaccine for canine distemper, which is a virus. So those, you know, we talked rabbits last time. They don't really require any vaccinations. But those are the two vac- diseases we va- recommend vaccinating for them. And ferrets can get heartworms as well. So they can kind of get everything. And potentially mosquitoes can, can come get. in the house. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I don't know where it's practical or common sense, but they it is recommended all ferrets, even if they're indoors, be in heartworm prevention. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, again, most people probably wouldn't. I have my ferrets inside. I'm safe. But, you know, if the kids leave the door open or right. you leave it open for a nice, beautiful day, mosquitoes could come in. But like dogs and cats to a lesser extent, Heartworms are carried by mosquito bites, so if a ferret gets bit by a mosquito, it has a good potential of getting heartworms. So okay. I just want people to keep that in, in mind. And then, since we're on ferrets, I have to tell my, this is a Valentine's gift, especially to all the gentlemen that are listening. As like rabbits, ferrets are what we call induced ovulators, that the female will not pass an egg, ovulate, unless they're bred. And that helps conception. What makes it more complicated is that if the ferret, female ferret, does not ovulate, does not pass an egg, she will stay in heat. And they can often, when they're in heat, they have high levels of hormone called estrogen. And if it goes on long enough where they aren't bred or ovulate, they will develop anemia. It affects the bone marrow. It does not produce any red blood cells. And ferrets will die. The females Mm. will die if they're not bred. Okay, so, so. the val the, the <laughs> some <laughs> romance, nice right? Some romance. So as Valentine's Day is coming up, gentlemen, I would suggest, honey, let's get together. I'd like to induce some ovulation, and I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. You don't want you to get so anemia. let's let's right. Yeah. So let's do some romantic let's behavior. Some. If that doesn't work, then let's go to the chocolates and the Valentine's card and that type of thing. But I think I would just try to go practical and say that you need to induce ovulation. In your significant other, yeah, I think, so, you know, or they know so that, that was that's my only, Valentine's gift to put it with others. They might respond that that's only with ferrets, it's, but you right. know, uh, yeah, right. we don't have to say a, that. We don't, yeah, you don't have to say and that. And it turns out that cats, rabbits, camels, and ferrets are the only species that we know of that are induced ovulators. That they will only ovulate when they're bred. 
So if you need group. if you need a, a conversation piece, you know, just keep in mind, or you go to the Middle East, just say, yeah, I know yeah. camels are what's the, what's the connection there yeah. between those between those yeah, uh, that's those good, animals? That's yeah. a good question. But just one. enhance Mother Nature's just made it a little bit easier to enhance conceptions. All so right. that's, yeah. um, so uh, that's my joke. All right. We'll take a quick break here. Animal talk on the Big Five Fifty. We're talking. All things dogs, cats, ferrets today. Uh, anything you want to talk about, 84126 is the text line. 314-931-5877, that's the phone line. We'll be back in a minute. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Let's get back to information about dogs, cats, even furry hamsters or gerbils. This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS, the Animal Talk of St. Louis. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. I'm Connor McCarthy with Dr. Dan Lang here as always. Uh, and we do have a bit of sad news here, Dr. Yes, Lang. Connor, I, I want everybody in the <laughs> listening audience to please be sitting when you hear this bad news. But as many of you know, we've in the past a few times have talked about Bobby, and it has the Guinness World Record in living till it was 31 the years of age. The oldest dog. The oldest dog. Oldest dog. dog ever recorded, and last, I want to say November, maybe December, it did pass away at the age of 31. Well, I just saw an article this week that they have pictures when Bobby was a puppy and when Bobby was close to passing away, and it turns out the paws are different colors. They're completely different colors. Yes. So So there may be a problem here. There was some... some some unfortunate uh, cheating, maybe, or some uh, switch was made that we we no longer believe Bobby to be the oldest. And dog. so the really bad news is that the Guinness records have suspended. Listen to oh, me again. Have her, suspended the, record, the title. The yes. title. So it's all mm-hmm. over. So if anybody knows of an older dog, I think the chances you can still get the Guinness World. Maybe record. You can, maybe it's, the crown is still there for the taking. Exactly. Is there no way for it, can they? Could it have been a natural change that as it got older, maybe they changed, <clears throat> or was it you know you know black fur when it was young and you know, gold yeah. fur when it was uh, later in life? I don't think so. I was thinking, yeah, did the hair get more gray? Sometimes when pets lick their hair, it turns a reddish color from the saliva, mm-hmm. but. I wouldn't think it'd be. I, I think it was all four paws were a different color okay. than before, and yeah. so it's pretty hard to change all four paws. Yeah. And, you know, did they did they um, change the color of the feet just for fun? I don't think so. Yeah. So, uh, they turn red from the saliva. What, what's the deal there? Why does that happen? There's compounds in the saliva called porphyrin, and it will stain the hair. So a lot of times people will come in like, out. We're just around the corner to get allergies the dogs and cats can get, and one of the side effects is causes them lick that like walking through the grass mm-hmm. makes the feet itch yeah and they lick and lick and lick and people come in oh yeah my dog's been licking well i can see it right there that it's all kind of a reddish color tinge and so i know they've been you know licking. they've been licking the, yep. the paws yep. right can't yep. hide it the proof's yep. right there uh well speaking of allergies see i was going to try to help al- you although that's more pet allergies which we we can talk about at some point i'm sure we will we're coming up on the allergy season but for the people that dealing with the pet allergies, yes. I was when I was watching these cats, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I was with someone. They're allergic to cats, and they managed to be in there for a little bit with no problem. And then when we stayed a little bit longer, maybe trying to you know pet the cats, you know, make it follow the routine as yes. you know spend some time with them. 
suddenly it became more and more of a problem. And I thought it was interesting. You know, if you're allergic to these cats, some people, I'm not allergic to any kind of animal that I'm aware of. Uh, But people that do say, well, you know, I can spend, you know, 15 minutes, but then after that I'm going to start puffing up my face. You know, I'm going to start sneezing. I'm going to start doing whatever. Yep. Uh, what's going on with that? What are they, what are they actually allergic to? What what are the reactions with the allergies there? We think it's the saliva and the dander that's mm-hmm. the problem. So it's and not... so it's kind of a delayed reaction that you know maybe the pet licks them or the dander gets on their skin. Mm-hmm. You know maybe if you just pet the animal and then wash your hands, you may be fine. But it's when you cuddle the cat, which who who can refuse something of that sort? Or the cat gets on on your shoulder and it's leaning next to your neck or mm-hmm. your face. Or something well, of that sort. Be, well, obviously, that's going to be a, a bad situation for you. It's the saliva. So with cats, I Sly mean, and dander. Yep. They, you know, they clean themselves by yep. by licking. So yep. I assume that's you know that's how the cats get it. Uh, the dogs, I don't it's know. The same. The same, we think it's the same, same. Kind of yep. the same process. Yep. Not as much. But uh, is there anything that we can do about this? Allergies. You know, I've heard that there are some shots we can take. Some people just yep. you know pop, maybe pop a Benadryl. Uh, is this all good? Good possibilities. Are we living in the future now? Is there ways to actually handle this that I'm not aware of? Well, for many many years, I've read that if you vacuum the carpet, wash the floors, get all the hair and stuff off the furniture, use some of those air filters, you may have pretty good luck. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how that stops the direct contact of the animal. Yes, you'd be likely to have allergic reaction if you just walk in the room because some people will start to blow up, so mm-hmm. to speak, on their skin just walking into a room. So I think that reduces. So you, you're supposed to reduce the allergen level. Um, there are some shampoos that seem to help remove the saliva and the dander. And so maybe before guests come that have that allergy, you go ahead and do that. But there's nothing more fun than bathing a cat right before a party. Right. You know, it's probably not a good mm-hmm. good combination to, uh, to well, do. Is there anything we can do uh, to the with the pet? You know, I mean, is that you mentioned the shampoo? Is there? Uh, that's pretty much. That's it. That's you pretty know, much. How no can we the top that can uh, remove this allergen from it's, the system? It's um, the people, as you imply, can take Benadryl or some allergy medicine mm-hmm. orally a couple hours before, and I have had some. Die-hard cat owners that have gone to their doctor and they got shots to build up their immune system, so it wouldn't overreact really? when they touch a cat. So those are some pretty, pretty those good some, people. Those are some pretty uh, committed pet yep. owners. Yep. Well, and, I was going to ask you after all this. You know, I'm sure a lot of people ask you about allergies, them being allergic to the yep. the, the pets over the years. Is this something you recommend, you know, hey, I'm allergic to a dog. Should I get a dog? You know, I want to take you – know, I love dogs, but I'm allergic to them. You know, can I do this? Or is it just another thing on top of all the other things that comes with having a dog or a pet that you would say, you know what, I, I think this is just one of those things you're going to have to miss out on? Well, I always kind of thought it was more the hair in the past that caused the allergies, and so we would often tell people get – Animals that don't dog breeds don't shed as much right. or have I, shorter I, hair. Yeah, what's but is again, that also is that not real? You know, people non-allergenic right. dogs, hyperallergenic dogs. Is, a short answer: No. There's some studies that say some may be a less allergic than others. But I think the best thing to do is you know go to one of the neighbors and pet their dog and just see do you have a reaction of any mm-hmm. sort. And if not, then there's a good chance you won't have a problem or if you do well then do you just accept it i mean rarely i've heard is it life threatening it's more the itchiness and the redness kind of aggravation for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. you put up with uh with that but i would do a trial 
first, so to speak, with a neighbor dog right. or something like that. And just just kind of see what kind of reaction you're really going to yeah. get. You know? Or I guess they can do some testing where they can inject different allergens under your skin and find out mm-hmm. if cats or dogs or ferrets oh, sure. or rabbits or rice, rats or mice, you know, mm-hmm. any of those. But anyway, it, you, yeah, you yeah. could do the testing to kind of find out if, if that might be a problem as well. Now, the question is, would you get an animal if you were allergic to it? I think over the years, I have been doing much more sneezing and coughing. I oh, think so you I, think I you think might be allergic. Over 42 years, <laughs> I do think I have developed a little bit of a reaction because once I get home or get the fresh air, it seems to be better. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, I go back in and start that snarfing and sneezing and snuffling oh, and all wow. that. So okay. I do think I have some problems, but you know, it just uh, you just kind of accept it, so to speak. But yes, I think I have developed... Uh, some allergies after a while. But yet you still have dogs and cats. So, well, you know. I do. Well, I don't have any choice. <laughs> you don't have any choice. You don't have any choice. I didn't really mean that, Susie. Just sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you be allergic to those other animals? Mules? Yes. Pigs? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Pigs aren't too bad because they're they're close to hairless, but... Um, it's really all about so, the hair. So, so just get really a pig. really all about the yeah. hair. Just get a pig. Yeah. <laughs> just get a pig. Oh, speaking of pigs, I saw in the news there are... See, if you heard a cat cafes yes. where you kind of show up and you get a coffee and there's cats just yes. kind of around to me that maybe i don't know how sanitary it will be with all the cats there are now pig cafes wow i hadn't heard that part i do the cat cafes well, you go there and they're little teacup pigs which we've discussed yes. are not really a thing right? right they're not they're just young pigs yes uh, they will get large much larger <laughs> in size especially if people start feeding especially them in the cafe. if they start feeding them in the cafe but they, they, they're a hit because people really like going up and petting these little yeah. pigs, uh, which makes sense. They're very cute. But uh, I thought I thought I'd let you know. You're the, 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 I, I liked it. Well, the actually, only pig owner I know, in <laughs> fact. So I thought I'd let you know that. Actually, as a kind of a surprise, next week we're going to have a guest from one of the cat cafes oh. in, in St. Charles. And it's kind of intriguing that they have people come in for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. They charge a nominal fee. But they have, I think, it was over 140 cats in the last two or three months that they found homes for. But, oh, so but at the time when both. you go into the cafe area, they have like 15, 20 cats. It's pretty neat. That's interesting. We didn't even talk about this beforehand at all, talking about cat cafes. Yeah, but I think it's, it's a, a little... neat thing. It's you know, people get, uh, the cats get exposed. They get socialized very well. I mean, these cats are really good, and they even had signs in the wall, which I think is a great idea that. You know, cats, most of the time you want to kind of scratch them on their chin, mm-hmm. neck, maybe head, but you don't really want to mess with their belly or back end. And I thought that was very good to kind of educate people that maybe haven't had a lot of exposure to cats. Right. And that maybe that's a way to find out if you have cat allergies. Just go, go to, to a cat, cat cafe. cafe. If you're okay after 20 minutes. I you're mean, you're going you're gonna to find out quick with 20, 20 plus cats sitting right. around you. But uh, anyway, I'm going to have Tanya come in next week and we'll talk about cat cafes. Okay. And I, it's just, it is kind of a... A fun you can you know, I like to eat and drink and then just have the cats around. Maybe so. we'll ask them about the pig cafe if they've, yes. if they've heard. Or maybe about I'll that. give them some ideas. Maybe that maybe they can next step. maybe they can work here. Yep. I don't know if they adopt the pigs or not. Uh, <laughs> I like to think they do. How about that? I like to think they do. Uh, we'll take another break here and we'll talk on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. We'll be back in a minute. In the year of the cat, Doctor Dan Lang wants to talk domestic animals with you. <laughs> This is Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. Welcome back to Animal Talk on the Big 550 KTRS. I'm Connor McCarthy with Dr. Dan Lang here. Talking uh, a lot of different things here. Ferrets, some cats, some allergies, some dogs. Uh, 
And you can chime in here in the last uh, 10 or so minutes of the show, 314-931-5877, or the text line, 84126. And we did have a text come in again from the 314. My friend's cat is 10 years old, uh, although I'm not sure why this will matter, because uh, his later his, the, next, the next statement says that he picks out the hair. I assume the cat maybe scratches the hair, his own hair off, his own fur off. Uh, is that a problem, Dr. Lang? The cat is scratching its this, own. The, I think I think that's my read on this. The okay. cat is scratching its own fur out. Uh, is that a problem? It is. If there's sores or hair loss, and I know it's cold this time of year, but fleas would be at the top of my list. Fleas would be at the top. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, I think it needs to be looked at. This, or if people know on what flea dirt looks like, it's a pepper shaker. If you look at the lower back, if there's the hair is kind of thin, you'll see little black specks, and if that's flea poop. Mm-hmm. So you oh. can kind of do it, but... It, Otherwise, I would just, I, you know, if it's scratching, there's something going on, I would have it looked at. Uh, you kind of know if, it, if a cat is scratching too much, it's or, or a dog, right? That's just that's a sign something's up, right? Yep. You know, it does uh, periodically, but if it's enough, if it's losing hair, you're finding hair on the ground, or the hair is thin, or even getting bald, then mm-hmm. something's that's not right. Something's not right. Yep. Not supposed to be like that. Uh, I had a question along those lines. Uh, when you see a, uh, a dog or cat uh, vomit, is the first thing? Should the first thought be it ate something bad? Is it just the food, or is it maybe more of a? Should you be more worried that there could be something wrong? Eight out of ten times, and this is a very, very good survey, and I'm teasing. <laughs> Unscientific, just, right? Uh, exactly. Here. Yes, they um, just eat something that disagrees with them. The best thing is not to give any food for twelve to sixteen hours. Maybe just hold off water, and often that alone. We'll take we'll, care we'll of the take problem. Care of it. Yeah, they're they're nauseous for some reason, but the vast majority of the time they get hold of something that disagrees with them, mm-hmm. and so I'm not concerned. Later that day or the next morning, you offer food. It's not eating. Continues to vomit. You can check the hydration by pulling the skin up, and if it's dehydrated, then it needs more care. But I certainly would not send it to the veterinarian after one, for one vomit because there's a very good chance. It's not anything at all. Uh, pulling the skin up to tell if it's dehydrated. What is uh, what is that? I don't know if I've heard that trick. I don't know if you've mentioned it before. <clears throat> if you pull the hair up, maybe kind of in the mid-back area, if you're well hydrated, it's like people. You pull the skin up and it snaps back, you're well hydrated. Okay. I've had some dogs and cats that are so dehydrated, you pull the skin up and it just stays there. Oh. And that indicates severe dehydration. That's a problem. Now, if it's kind of more intermediate, sometimes you pull it up goes a little bit slow. Hard but, to tell sometimes. But, right. Yeah. But that's if kind they're of an older way. cat, maybe your skin's just a little looser anyway, yep. right? Yep. Um, so. But anyway, those, for the most part, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. I did have a couple quick ferret stories to tell. About let's, my let's, let's do it here at the end. <clears throat> On ferrets, they're very thin and agile. And in the good old days, they would hunt rodents and rabbits, and they would have the ferret go through one hole of the burrow, the tunnel, and then the rodents or the rabbits would come out the other, and the humans would have big nets or baskets to collect the animals. Okay. So they, for many years, ferrets so became a very purpose. valuable part of the of the family because they could get some of these uh, predators or mm-hmm. the prey. In 1981, when King Charles and Princess Diane got married, they actually had ferrets go under the ground and move cables and wires from one spot. They would have a harness on the ferret. They would hook up the wire, and then the ferret would go through one end of the burrow and out the other, and that's how they transmitted the wires. <laughs> now, again, you're talking 40, 45 years ago, 
The problem is that not so much with this time, but even some airlines used it and telephone companies when they have underground wires in the past would do that. But unfortunately, sometimes the ferrets would fall asleep on the job or they <laughs> not decide finish they, the journey right, or yeah. they decide, I, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to rely on the ferret. Right. right. So eventually, of course, with more modern machinery, the ferrets are now unemployed. But unfortunately, now they become beloved by a lot mm-hmm. of humans. So kind of like how you out. hear those stories about, like, the Navy training dolphins to go, right. you know, sometimes to they detect just don't follow underwater through. mines. And they realize, well, these are still animals. You know, it's, <laughs> it's tough to get them to actually do exactly. what we want if them to do. If you're on a schedule, it doesn't always work out quite like you'd like. Right. Uh, anything else with the ferrets? Dr. No, Mike? that's pretty much it. I Again, for the things we kind of mentioned at the top of the hour, the older, having a few health issues, I, I just think they're great pets, so mm-hmm. I encourage people to, to look into it. And most of the time when you get them from a pet store, they've already been descended, spayed, or neutered. Interestingly enough, we think that a couple types of cancer are the adrenal glands of the pancreas that they commonly get. We think it may be due that they're spayed or neutered too early. It seems to be a so, big point of contention for all animals, really, but you know, I, when to do this. Right. And so it's recommended to do it older, but again... What do you do unless you find a breeder that maybe would hold off for you? But a lot of the, I think one's called Marshall Company, and, you know, they just breed thousands and thousands of ferrets, spay and neuter, descent, and then they send them to PetSmart or pet stores. And so they're already done, so you don't have a whole lot of choice. But it is interesting that a couple of the diseases we think is related to being uh, altered early in life. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, all right. We had uh, a little bit of a comment, you said, on uh, something you heard during the week here on the Big 550, right, with uh, rats. Well, I think they were talking about the differences between rats and mice. And then I thought the guest, that I may be wrong, but I remember the guest was trying to explain why rats are not um, good pets or are not favored as good pets. And I got the idea uh, that he he thought that the the rats defecated quite a bit. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know if it was rats, but one of the pocket pets I've been doing a little research on in a twenty four. Write this down, Connor. In a second, I'm teasing. In a twenty four hour period, they will pass a hundred pellets of poop. Okay. One of the pocket pets. So just keep that in mind. Sure. But anyway, he thought that one of the reasons people didn't like rats was because of the amount of stool. It could be, but as you and I have kind of talked before, I mean, the cousins of, of our pet rats are in, you know, generally in the sewers, so yeah, they don't the have rat, a good the rats reputation. rats that everyone thinks of. Right. Yeah. And it is something about the tail people just don't like. And then for us old people, movies like Ben and Willard from the 70s, I mean, people are getting killed. I mean, usually when you see rats, something bad is going to happen on the TV show or the movie. Right. Right. And so I just think they have a lot to go by. As you know, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of them, but well, I think there's you're a lot of a resident things, rat so. defender it, here. It's the yeah. big five fifty. It's yeah. my job. I think that's the way to, I think, to go. I think I think that's true. You're the one. You are leading the charge for uh, rats. You're the 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 pine piper. As so well. when I wrote my little article, you know, people think they're dirty. They're not social. They're stupid. Well, just get over it. That's not the case. So I just, as we wind up here, we know I just smart. want people, yes. We know they're so smart. Just keep that in mind and forget about the 100 poops per day. You don't have to worry about that. Right. Although, uh, you know, is that a lot? I, I can, you know. It is. It sounds like a lot. It sounds yeah. like a lot. Uh, maybe, you know. Just I'll, be, do a, I'll do a survey prepare, and see. Be prepared to clean. Right? That's <laughs> right. what it sounds like. Well, and I, rats are pretty good, but they're not 
always 100%. Like um, ferrets are good at potty training and rabbits, but f- sometimes with rats, when you got to go, you got to go. And if they're out in there, you know, running around the house, they're probably not going to hold it till they get that back would, into the litter that box. That would be a problem. So I yeah. think that that would be an, an issue with the rats, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and are you supposed to let them out? You know, they stay in the cage. Well, you, all these pets are around? supposed to exercise. Again, mm-hmm. easier said than done. But the little wheel is that not enough? Was that always not? That's a, more for the hamsters and uh, the mice. I think okay. I've been reading on the other. The, the, they don't make big wheels, so it can be yeah. a little problem for the bigger animals to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, we'll keep talking about this next week. I'm sure, as we always end up back on rats somehow. Uh, this is an animal talk on the Big Five Fifty KTRS with Dr. Dan Wang. I'm Connor McCarthy. Join us again next week at 2 for another edition of Animal Talk. And gentlemen, good luck. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners.